Yes. Welcome to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy, a production of FlagandBanner.com. Through storytelling and conversational interviews, this weekly radio show and podcast offers listeners an insider's view into the commonalities of successful people and the ups and downs of risk-taking. Connect with Carrie through her candid, funny, informative, and always encouraging weekly blog. And now it's time for Carrie McCoy to get all up in your business. Thank you, Sun Gray. After four decades of running a small business simply called Arkansas Flag and Banner, and now flagandbanner.com, my team and I decided to create a platform for not just me, but other small business owners to share their experiential knowledge in a conversational way. Originally, we thought we'd be teaching others, but it didn't take long before we realized that we were the persons learning. Mm-hmm. I've noticed some reoccurring traits. Most of my guests believe in a higher power, have the heart of a teacher, and are creative, and they all work hard. Before I introduce today's guest, I want to let you know, if you miss any part of today's show, want to hear it again or share it, there's a way, and Sun Gray will tell you how. All UIYB past and present interviews are available at Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy's YouTube channel, Facebook page, the Arkansas Democrat Gazette's digital version, flagandbanner.com's website, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Just ask your smart speaker to play Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. And by subscribing to our YouTube channel or flagandbanner.com's email list, you will receive prior notification of that day's guest. Back to you, Carrie. Thanks again. It's not every day you get to talk to a trumpeter. Yes, that's right. Mr. Rodney Block is a real live trumpeter in the studio today to talk about his music, his art, his passion, and his life. If you live in Little Rock, Arkansas, or close by, then chances are you may have heard the pleasure of hearing this gifted musician blow his horn a while slipping in some of his encouraging words and uplifting comments about humanity and having compassion for all peoples. Mr. Rodney Block with the alter ego Black Superman is just that. By day, he is a family man selling pharmaceuticals and medical supplies, and by night, he is a horn man playing a range of genres, jazz, gospel, hip-hop, and country. As a musician, Rodney has shared the stage with big-name performers, Earth, Wind, and Fire, Bobby Brown, soul singer Layla Hathaway, and the great R&B artist Johnny Gill, and Rodney often plays with the legendary hip-hop artist Dougie Fresh. Want to hear some of his music? Rodney has recorded nine albums. I think at my last count is nine, right, Rodney? Seven. Well, I had seven, seven and then I counted nine when I went to your... Okay. <laughs> seven albums at my last count. Maybe more. Maybe less. Soon. <laughs> yes. uh, just ask your smart speaker to play Rodney Block for an afternoon of lovely music and melodies. I've been jamming on it for a week, Rodney. It is my pleasure to welcome to the table the gifted and talented trumpeter, who's also just a great guy, Rodney Block. You're so nice. (laughs) It's because you're so nice. You're so so nice. You didn't pick the trumpet. I like to say it picked you because it was kind of a a, a turn of events. Tell us how you came to play the trumpet. It was kind of, you know, basically it was a hand-me-down. (laughs) Uh, I have an older brother and um, he was a year older than me and he started in the um, sixth grade band program and uh, I think he was in it for a few months and it just didn't take so my parents had purchased this trumpet you know for him so when it was my turn uh, to um, join the band my folks said well if you're going to be in the band you're going to have to play your brother's trumpet because we've already purchase an instrument and we're not going to buy another horn. So you have a horn. So if you're going to play in the band, this is the horn you're going to play. And, uh, and that was fine by me. Um, talk, talk about your family. You were born in Dumas, Arkansas. Yeah. You yeah, know. Was, yeah. I'm a country boy from the Does South. That make you a ding dong daddy from I'm, Dumas. You're, you, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think Arkansas flag and banner yeah. made some banners one time that we put down the road at Dumas that said ding dong daddy. Yeah. I'm from Dumas, and um, uh, it's um, six of us in the family, actually seven of us in the family, uh, my mom and pop, Otis and, and Ida Block, and those are great country names, I think. Otis uh, and Ida. Otis and Ida Bell. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Ida Bell. Oh, uh, that's a good yeah, name. Just, just good people, hard workers, and uh, 
and that's where I grew up and uh, went through the public uh, school system there and uh, uh, went down the street to the University of Arkansas, Monticello, and uh, graduated college there. Um, I love this quote. You say, you say, people always tell you you have a great gift, and you say, you want me to tell you what you say? What did I say? <laughs> <laughs> you say, it really wasn't a gift. I really had to work hard, but I think the gift was that I enjoyed it so much. You know, that's, that's, that's true. Um, I, I enjoy it. I get excited about it. I, I remember times specifically that, oh man, I have rehearsal tonight and I really don't want to go to rehearsal. And, and I go to rehearsal and I start playing and I immediately put in a good place. I feel better. I said, man, this is, this is great. I'm glad I came to rehearsal, you know? Yeah. And I yeah. Didn't, I, I was just lamenting this the other, like, two days ago. To, Absolutely. To her, you know, <laughs> not wanting to go to rehearsal, getting there, loving it, and leaving being like, oh, I'm so glad I did that. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, That's it's, the yin and yang yeah, of life. Yeah, I just love it. So talk about going to Henderson State University in the sixth grade in Arkadelphia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it seems very small, sixth grade, but I feel like when I was reading, reading about you, it was a defining moment, and I don't think people realize how when those defining moments are going to happen and how they're going to happen. Yeah. You know, I remember it like it was yesterday. I've never been away from home. I'm going to summer camp. Uh, sixth grade. Sixth grade. So going to summer. So it's the summer between sixth and seventh grade. Never been away from home. I'm going to band camp, just like the movie one time at band camp. I'm going <laughs> to band camp. And uh, so during the eighties, Henderson had a pretty large camp. They had a, uh, the junior high segment, and they had the high school segment. I was at the junior high segment, probably over a 1,000 kids, maybe 1,500 kids. So you had to audition to see what band assignment you were going to get into. So my first year out, I'm there, and I hear all the other musicians. I said, man, they sound great. So I go into the audition room, and um, there's a guy there. Is a black gentleman. I'm sure he was... Uh, a director he says okay Rodney he's looking at the paper okay Rodney Block I say you're gonna play the trumpet today I said yes sir he says okay you look like a trumpet player and uh, I proceed to play my audition I bombed it I sucked I think I ended up there were 10 bands I think I ended up in the ninth band so I wasn't far from from the bottom but I that just stayed with me forever um this guy looks at me and says, you look like a trumpet player. And ever since then, I just, I just wore that as a badge. If I played in the band, I played the trumpet, especially coming up in the eighties and nineties when saxophone was like the preferred instrument. People love the saxophone. Though you got a music scholarship from the university of Arkansas at Monticello, you majored in communication. Yeah. What's up with that? They'll give you a scholarship if you don't major in. Yeah, they will. If you if you um, play well enough, they will give you a music scholarship. And uh, and I was an all state. I was an all region, all state trumpet player back in high school. Mm. So uh, I think I think pretty much every school in Arkansas gave me a music scholarship, just kind of based on that accomplishment. Right. But uh, but during that time, I tried to major in music for a semester and I hated it. I did not like it. I stopped playing my trumpet and I realized I'm more of an emotional player. I read music, but I don't necessarily have to know the, the ins and outs of it. So, so the other thing that I felt comfortable in, you know, speech communication, you know, I'm pretty good in front of people. I'm pretty good talking with people. So uh, I changed my major and then I started playing my trumpet again. So so uh, it was um, the right uh, move. It, yeah, it was the right move, and uh, and again, as I'm, I I guess I consider myself more of a spiritual player. It comes from the spiritual side of me, and not so much that uh, technical side. I think that's why you're so much fun to listen to and watch is because it is emotional. It's not yeah. rote. It's yeah. not like do 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 do. It's do do do. <laughs> <laughs> if y'all aren't watching on YouTube, you need to because mom's face is like <laughs> perfect. Uh, do you remember your first gig? 
my first gig, I, I can remember some of the first performances being in college, my brother and I, the late Fred Taylor, who was the chancellor of the University of Arkansas and Monticello, was having a Mardi Gras uh, event at his at the chancellor's home. So they invited me and my brother to do a little kind of Mardi Gras, Dixieland, uh, New Orleans type music. And it was me and my brother. And I remember going over to the chancellor's house and uh, you have all these dignitaries there and you're a student and, uh, and we're playing and, um, and they pay us at the end of it. And I thought that was pretty good. And you probably ate good hors d'oeuvres. Yeah. It was, it was great. And, uh, and so that was some of the first uh, real performances and, and gigs that we started doing. And we had like a little ensemble group, uh, a blues group, um, and, and um, at the university, and uh, one of our first gigs was playing at the old Juanitas, and we opened up for the fabulous Thunderbirds. Uh, wow, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, so we won a blues competition or something. I don't know how we got invited, but we ended up opening for the fabulous Thunderbirds at the at the old Juanitas. And you've been successful since so, day one. Uh, you know, I've, we've had some fun opportunities i mean it's fun opportunity besides being a gifted musician one of the reasons you have opportunities is your willingness to do stuff you're just willing to do it you're just like sure i'll do it sure i'll do it yeah I tr- you know i tr- you don't I- let your ego get in the way you don't have any weird hang-ups about anything you're just like yeah let's try that yeah i'm you know i i tend to be pretty easy yeah. uh if you come to a show uh and this is how i met you guys but i love being on band breaks or after the show, I love going and meeting people and talking to people and saying thank you for being here because you can spend your money any way you want. But if you're spending your money to come listen to us, it, you know, at the very least, I want to say thank you. So I, I've never been a person that gets hung up on I'm the artist and, you know, right. and I don't mingle with the people. I'm just a regular guy and when we play out of town they say Rodney send us your rider what do you need do you need uh special food or anything I said no not really I said red wine is always good (laughs) (laughs) before we go to break I want to ask you about sweet baby you name your you name your trumpets and your brother says you stole it from him I do I name all my trumpets I have uh Several trumpets, uh, flugelhorn, I have a pocket trumpet. And I name all my instruments Sweet Baby. Now, my brother Tyrone, he names his trombone Sweet Baby. He says he's the one that started it. I don't know if he was the one that started it, but uh, but uh, we that's just a name that we started calling our instrument Sweet Baby back in college. And every time we get a new horn, it's called Sweet Baby. Now, the pocket trumpet, I call it Baby sweet baby because <laughs> it's a pocket trumpet it looks like a little baby sweet baby trumpet. one sweet baby two yeah. how, do you, how many you know, sweet baby how you know, many do you have uh one two three four five sweet babies there's not a sweet baby one or two it's just all sweet baby what are they different mm-hmm. huh? a different di- sound different tone uh uh well the flugelhorn is different the pocket trumpet is different but all mm-hmm. the others are trumpets because I know my son-in-law has a million guitars, and I can't tell one thing different <laughs> mm-hmm. about any of them yeah. other than the color. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was online looking at trumpets just the other day too. So, <laughs> but right. uh, but uh, yeah, sweet baby. This is a great place to take a break. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with trumpeter Mr. Rodney Block of Dumas, Arkansas. Still to come, playing with some of America's greatest artists, the business of music, and how he stays so gracious and grateful through all his hard work and success. We'll be right back. You're listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy, a production of flagandbanner.com. Over 40 years ago, with only $400, Carrie founded Arkansas Flag and Banner. During the last four decades, the business has grown and changed, along with Carrie's experience and leadership knowledge. In 1995, she embraced the Internet and rebranded her company as simply flagandbanner.com. In 2020, Carrie McCoy Enterprises acquired OurCornerMarket.com, an online company specializing in American-made plaques, signage, and memorials for over 20 years, and more recently opened a satellite office in Miami, Florida. 
Telling American-made stories. Selling American-made flags. TheFlagandBanner.com. Back to you, Carrie. You're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy. I'm speaking today with the music lover and talented entrepreneur and trumpeter, Mr. Rodney Block. I don't think people realize that musicians and actors are such entrepreneurs. And the reason I say that is because you take risks. You never mm-hmm. know what your income is going to be. Mm-hmm. And you're positive and always taking on new jobs. And that, to me, is the definition of an entrepreneur. I don't know if you ever thought of yourself as an entrepreneur before. Entrepreneur, uh, I definitely agree with uh, taking risk. Uh, uh, I definitely think of you, you have to always think outside the box. Uh, uh, there's a musician from Little Rock, fine musician. His name is Merlon Divine. He's from Little Rock, and I'm just a little older than him. But we had a conversation, and he does music full time. He lives in, in the D.C. area, and he looks at it like, you know, in a calendar year, what do I want to make? So oh, what do I want to make each month? And then how do I get there? And, you know, and I've kind of adopted that a little bit is uh, musically, you know, and I even look at my musicians, how much do I want to make sure these guys put in their pocket mm-hmm. at the end of each month? And I think about that and I have that number. It's just like a business owner. Mm-hmm. So how do I get there? And you get there, you, you definitely have to, think outside the box you have to be creative uh definitely uh the main thing is is your product you have to have if you know you have a good product you can get to where you want to go so uh the music always has to be good and the music has to always appeal to a a broad range and 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 be easily accessible easily accessible um people have to know where to buy it uh or where to hear you play Mm -hmm. or how to get involved with yeah. you. I mean, it's constant networking. Yeah. You are the product. Yes, yes, that's it. And, you know, and you have to diversify. Uh, one thing I find is interesting, and I really will say is one of a niche for us, is because we play everything. Uh, we play jazz. We play blues. We play country music. We've done a country music show. Uh, we play rock and roll. We play hip-hop uh, we do concert band music. You know, I love music. Sometimes uh, I I listen to Gustav Holtz. Gustav Holtz wrote The Planets, or I'm listening to Percy Granger, who is a composer from Australia. Um, uh, I just love uh, music, you know. So and- I saw Barry Manilow in concert one time, and I was like, Barry Manilow, I don't know, I'll go. Well, it just turned out to be a great show. Mm -hmm. I didn't know he'd done so much. Mm -hmm. But he was complaining about there not being a melody in music anymore. Um, You know, it's interesting because right now what I'm hearing is you hear a lot of recycled, the popular stuff Mm -hmm. um, is recycled. Mm -hmm. Uh, You hear a snippet of a beat or sampling sampling from... from a tomb from 40 years ago and they, you know, combined it with, you know, a new beat and the kids love it. They go crazy. There's only so many keys on a piano. How are you going to keep coming up with new stuff? You know, that's the great thing about it. You can. Seems like every combination should have been done by now. You know, it's, it's infinite, right? Well, I don't know. Your hands can only reach so far. You've only got two. I think you think past that. Yeah. You, you have to think past that technology uh, instrumentation yeah. It's your imagination. It's your ability to hear and combine, and then you're creating something that's new or it may be a variation that no one has ever done before. It's, it's wide open. It's creative, you know, and I just think of not just music, but I think of scientists and, and, and doctors and just, you know, you know, from 1900 to to present day, and everything they've done or been able to come up with, even when it, even with yeah. medicines, you know, oh my even gosh. with medicines, how the mind people are able to create these things, and and there's a creative side to that. You know? Oh, absolutely! So, uh, science and art, science yeah. and art, science and art is very closely related. Did you know that architects? engineers doctors pick up music 
so much quicker than like the average person. I and I not, no. and I don't know if it's this thing about the analytical math. side. It's math. You know, music is math. It's yeah. is a, is a subdivision of notes in a, in a time space. You know, and architects, engineers. I, I learned this guy from. I learned this from an engineer. He was so good at playing changes. And he says, Rodney, if I play this position on my fret, he says, it's always going to be a flat ninth. No matter where I play it on the, on the, on the guitar, it's always going to be a flat ninth. And you're like, how did you figure that yeah, out? Yeah, how did yeah. you figure that mm-hmm. out? But uh, it's just interesting how closely related, you know, the arts and, and math and science. And, and uh, music theory is a whole mm-hmm. science in itself, you know. D- did you know you can go to college you can have a music degree and apply to law school or medical school. All you have to do is have the, the prerequisite courses. No. Yes, you can. Really? I knew a lot of people that did yeah, that. Yeah, you can have mm-hmm. a music degree in college and decide you want to go to med school, and you can go to med school. So, wow. So you can go to college, be a band guy, get all the chicks, and then go off to med school and earn oh, some money. <laughs> That's the way I think about that. Uh-huh, College yeah. is just for mating. I don't know what everybody else is. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of mating, i got to tell everybody, because this, I think, speaks to your uh, uh, initiative and kind of who you are. And I think that people that listen to this radio show need to realize, I think a lot of people are just born with a gift or born with a silver spoon in their mouth, and life was just easier for them. But you left college and had Mr. Rodney Block. You left college and had followed a girl to Kansas City. Yeah, I did. And you had a country <laughs> western song where you said, uh, "What'd you? Let me see if I get." I lost the job, lost the car, lost the girl, lost yeah. the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember <laughs> That's a that. country song. That is yeah. a country song, although you don't have a railroad or jail in there. <laughs> you didn't go to jail and you didn't ride on no. a train. Uh, but you went back home to your dad. Yeah, you know it's interesting because who you uh, love very much. Ah, uh, my dad is just you know. Uh, if if you can be in love with your parents, I'm that guy because mm-hmm. I love my mom. I have to tell you a story about my mom a little bit later, but my mom and my pop just really good people, hard worker. My guy, my my dad is kind of like a self made man. I mean, but through hard work, has a great reputation. He's a brick mason, and uh, and he's just uh, he's he's 74 and he's still laying bricks. He's probably out there working now, and I've been trying to get him retired for the last 20 years, but he just loves it. But uh, just really smart guy, and um, I just remember when I was going through this really uh, low point. You know, everybody has a rough patch. They really do. Where uh, where you it, grow, where you grow, and where, how yeah, you grow yeah. matters. And um, I remember it was Thanksgiving, and I, I didn't even have money to get home, and I called my pop, and I said, man, I want to come home, but I really don't have money to get there. He says, Rodney, if you can get here, I think it'd be okay. And I remember borrowing money just to drive home. And, and you know, that first night we were there and I was talking to him. And and he said something really interesting because I was thinking, thinking about moving back home. I said, man, you guys are here. I have a support group. I can just move back home. I can work for you. I can just be here. And he says, Rodney. Don't do that. He says, if you move back, then whatever it is that beats you up, it wins. And he says, if I were you, I would go back and, and, uh, and I believe it will be better. And I, that's not what I wanted to hear. I wanted to hear son, we want you here. Come back, stay with us. You know, you know, we got you. And he says, no, you know, he says, you need whatever it is. You need to, um, get over that hurdle. So uh, I went back, and uh, his words were true. Gradually, things just started to turn, you know. Things just started to turn. And I can say, and years later, my pot revisited. He he revisit that moment every now and then. This was more than 20 years ago. He says, Rodney, remember everything you lost? I said, yeah. He said, you got it all back in double. I said, you know what? You're exactly right. You know, and that's, uh, I think, working and, and not giving up and, and uh, my faith in, in God, too, because it was, you know, there comes a point, whatever your your spirituality kind of comes into question. And I remember driving down the highway 
and I was just really depressed. And I, I was driving from St. Louis back to Kansas City, and I remember saying, God, are you? I've been speeding the whole way on this interstate, just speeding, driving kind of carelessly. And I remember, I said, God, are you even with me anymore? And I said it out loud. And as soon as I said it, there was a, usually I was, you know, my, my MO, I was driving down this highway. And if there was a car in front of me, I would just get right behind it. So they would move over. Well, when I, when I made the comment, God, are you even with me? There was a car in front of me and it immediately lost control. I thought it was going to turn over. So two, three seconds pass and the driver, I mean, the car went up on two wheels it came back down and the driver regained control. And then the voice comes to me. Does that answer your question? Oh my God. That's a true story. At my lowest point. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, okay. You're there. Yeah. I said, okay. Yeah, exactly. I said, okay, you're and, there. And miles Davis helped you get through that. Oh, uh, this is all in that same year. It's all in that same year because it was a gradual, is a gradual progression. You know, rough patch, sometimes you don't get out of it immediately. Sometimes it takes time. Mm -hmm. So uh, I had a friend. Her name was uh, Amanda Martinez, a good friend of mine. Um, for my birthday, she brought me the CD as Miles Davis Ballads. So I knew a couple of tunes on, on the album. It was a compila compilation album, but I didn't know all the tunes. And I would listen for six months. I listened to that album every night before I'd go to sleep and my favorite tune I actually have recorded it before is called it never entered my mind I re-recorded that tune and uh, my version and I renamed it the MD saved my life oh. which stands for Miles Davis listeners y'all need to go ask your smart speaker to play it because <laughs> i did and i've listened to it like five times well, thank you so much it's so good so you know so me what you're hearing when people come to a show they're really you know i just made the statement last night uh i said that really is my soul that people are experiencing you know it's you can only really play what you lived you know and uh, and it's like that at every show, you know. No matter what type of show it is, I got it. We got it. We can't finish right there on your life because you went back and you met Gene and you started yeah, play and you started yeah. a group called Dark Complexion yeah, yeah. and and you became <laughs> and you and you everything changed for you. Yeah, as you know, we talked about that that gradual change. Uh, I went home. I saw my dad. He says, "Go back." And I went back and I applied for a particular job but after the interview they said writing your personality is best for this job so i got a new job it was kind of like an upgrade in the Yay. position and then uh around that same time i met genie you know and uh, like i said i'm on this trajectory it's just everything's just kind of moving in a positive light so uh, i met Gene in her uh, second year of law school at, yeah she's at the, a rock star she is a rock star. If you you do some research, yeah. On who goes her. into American Indian law? Why does she go into American Indian law? You know, she she's a saint. Well, you know, yeah. she is uh, a part Native American, oh. and that's Southern Southern Cheyenne. And University of Kansas had just started this brand new um, uh, program, uh, Indian law, because you know, uh, and she worked for uh, after law school. She actually worked for. A, Pueblo, uh, out of New Mexico, the Isleta Pueblo, I think mm -hmm. is the name of it. But uh, just super smart. She's been an attorney for 22 years. You are like opposites. Years. You're like emotional, uh, what is that, right brain? Left right brain. brain. Right and brain, then she would brain. be the analytical <laughs> yeah. lawyer, you know. Yeah. And I would think Indian law would be big bucks right now. I mean, there's so many casinos. I don't know if they were yeah. when she chose it, but there well, are now. When we went to New Mexico, uh, there's uh, tribes all mm -hmm. along the the that I-40 corridor mm -hmm. along that interstate. So y'all didn't y'all didn't say y'all got married like boom. Yeah, we got married in '99, um, and she graduated law school in '99, and we moved to Albuquerque in 2000. 
So your life that we just talked about sounds like an episode from Oprah's Masterclass because, you know, she always talks about successful people. And then she tells how they were living out of their car and were just about at the dead mm-hmm. end of their street. And then all of a sudden they got a big break and now they're mm-hmm. Steve Harvey or somebody, you know. <laughs> Uh, so I just think that telling those stories to listeners is encouraging yeah. because you're like, oh, yeah, everybody has that in their life. <laughs> you're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy. I'm speaking today with music lover and the talented trumpeter, Mr. Rodney Block. Are you still a pharmaceutical rep? I'm still in the business. I have my connections, but this music thing is kind of... Taking over? Taking over is uh, becoming the focus. So, so yes, so I am, and and I I probably spend just as much time doing music as, uh, as well, the, as the you day You do a hundred, let's see, I read it. You do, in 2019, you had 130 gigs. That's three a week. Yeah. And then how many days a week do you work? Four uh, or five days? Um, yeah, usually starting on a Thursday through Saturday. Sometimes there's... Uh, but when you do the pharmaceutical, how much? Well, that's, Is that that's eight to five Monday yeah, through that, Friday. That's eight to five. So people always think, "Oh, they're so lucky." There's they, they don't realize how hard successful people work. It's a it's a lot of work and it's tiring. <laughs> but uh, you definitely want to keep a balance for sure, or you get burned out really. Do you have really children? Quick. No children. No well, children. that's good. You don't I, have to mess with all that. I, I was, you know, <laughs> I, well, you know, I, I thought, I said, man, kids, I said, I don't know. I would be such a bad parent. We have a cat and, and cats are pretty easy yeah. to take care of. You don't even have but, a dog. Um, no, I don't even have a dog because I, someone has to take the dog out every day, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, and sometimes I'm not getting home to like 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock And I bet night. Jean has to travel. She travels. She's, mm-hmm. she has a pretty busy schedule with her work and then she's involved with uh, some nonprofits and and some uh, different groups uh, in the city. So let's talk about your music and all the people you've played with. Ellis Marcellus, Jazz Royalty at Mosaic Templars right here in Little yeah. Rock, Arkansas. And his son, how yeah. do you say his son's Dalfeo. last name? Dalfeo. Mm-hmm. How did that come to be? You know, it was interesting because they were in town for a concert and they're doing the concert and um, Dalfeo says well we're going to do this tune but normally it calls for a trumpet player but we don't have a trumpet player here and immediately the crowd at mosaic yes we do he's here <laughs> yes, <we> can. <laughs> he's here and dafeo say you have a trumpet player here and uh everyone says yes he says well are you going to get your trumpet so my trumpet was in the car because mm-hmm. i'm a firm believer uh uh, carpenter never goes anywhere without his tools. So I remember putting it in the car. I said, oh, you never know what may happen. So I get my trumpet. I warm up really quick. And, um, and there's this great moment that I'm on stage with Ellis and Dafeo Marcellus playing a jazz tune. And uh, that was just amazing. These have been my Whoa. idols. You know, this is what um, Marcellus's daddy. This is Branford. Marcellus's dad and, and brother and um and it was just great. It was a great experience and uh, I have video, I have video of it. I think I posted a snippet on Instagram maybe uh, a couple of months back. Um you also played with Dougie Fresh. Man, oh that's that was bananas. Okay. Uh, that was bananas. So Dougie Fresh, this was in two thousand sixteen. He was in Little Rock playing a concert. And I was on the same show, so I, you know, uh, I played before him, and I just remember just it was a great night. It was fun, it was high energy. I didn't even meet Dougie Fresh that day. I was just, I just had a great time hanging out. So the owner of the club calls me. He says, "Hey, Dougie Fresh really liked your horn player. Can he have your number?" I said, "Sure." And so I didn't think that much about it because you meet people and they say, oh, we like the way you play, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I don't put a lot of stock in something coming of it. So fast forward, this was September of 2016. Uh, March of 2017, I get this call. He says, hey, Rodney, this is Dougie Fresh. And he has that New York accent. <laughs> and he says, I've been meaning to call you soon. Now, how much later is this? This is like four or five months later. Oh, wow. So. Okay. So, uh, so I'm in the house and I'm like, this is 
I put him on speaker. Gene, <laughs> <laughs> come here. Said, and we talk. He just says, hey, I really like your horn plan. He says, um, I always wanted to play the trumpet. Boom, boom, boom. He says, I have some shows. I'm going to have my manager call you, and we're going to get you some dates so you can come hang out with us. I'm like, great. Whoa. So uh, my first show was Bronx Day in New York City. And uh, there was probably there's probably like eight to ten thousand people there. Uh, you know, I'm so nervous, but uh, it was just ended up being a lot of fun, and and that was kind of like my audition. So uh, he says that was good. He says, "What are you doing later?" I said, "Nothing." He says, "Well, we're going to play this club in in Manhattan." So uh, I went to the club. It was like a, it was a comedy. It was like a ten year anniversary for a comedy show. And Cedric the Entertainer was there. There was another uh, comedian that's on TV quite a bit. And I'm like, and it was so much fun just rocking out. So that just led to a series of concerts and uh, um, tour dates for for that summer. And uh, I had the best time. That's where we did a show with Bobby Brown, Erica Badu, Babyface. And I'm backstage. And I'm a music fan first, so... I'm there, you play the show, and I leave, and I'm I'm going out. I'm either backstage or I'm going to the audience, and, and Dougie or his DJ was like, hey, Rod, where are you? I said, man, I'm listening to the concert because I'm, I'm a music fan, and, and uh, it, was just, it was just a lot of fun to be in that space with him because Dougie, you know, he was like Prince. When Prince was living, Prince really didn't have an appreciation for, like, rap music and hip-hop music but dougie fresh was that guy that he liked so if you do some research uh at prince concerts like the hype man was dougie fresh he i mean he was on tour with prince but dougie's just like a real person you know we did a show in kansas city and and uh, we got rained out because of lightning so uh dougie calls all the other artists are hanging in the hotel lobby like uh, uh swv Guy, um, Teddy Riley, Keith Sweat. So this is an R&B concert. And these are all legends in R&B. And they're all hanging out. And Dougie, he goes out for a run. He comes back. He says, right, who's all downstairs? And I tell him, he says, well, what are you doing? This is like 12 o'clock at night. He says, well, come hang out with me in the room. So I just bend his ear for hours. I didn't leave his room probably to 3 o'clock in the morning just asking questions about the industry and, and music and experiences he's had. And uh, he just, just a real person. Is there one performance that sticks out in your mind that you're just like, I love this one? So what, <sighs> there a favorite? Ah, favorite performance. <laughs> you know, I don't know if there's a favorite performance, but there's been a lot of moments where I go home. I said, you know what? That felt really good. Is you there know? any you're embarrassed by? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's. I remember playing the church uh, function, you know, and it, it go, and it goes back to where's your heart, where's your attitude. I remember. Um, I'm gonna tell you two stories, and I learned I learned a good lesson. Uh, I was supposed to play at a church. You know, sometimes we get a little haughty and we get a little prideful. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm the musician. Ego, I'm gonna, I'm the musician. I'm gonna go in here. And I'm gonna do my thing, and it never serves uh, you well. Yeah, it never serves mm-hmm. you. You know, they say pride comes before dis- destruction. Well, I flopped. <laughs> I flopped in my own because church and gospel music. That's my roots. That's where I'm from. And it was, I flopped. It, I, you know, I didn't play well at all. When you don't play well, you can't give the people what they need you know i mean it was horrible why and, was it so horrible well my attitude wasn't in the right place oh my attitude was not in the right place so your and, sound wasn't so right. my sound wasn't right you know after that i said lord hey forgive me uh I, you know being able to play music is is an opportunity it's a gift in that matter that you're able to do this and share and give something positive to people when you make it about yourself that's that's not cool that's at all. That's everything. Isn't that's it? not cool. And I and I would tell you, there's another story that's similar to that. And again, it's it's, it's a lesson that I learned when we moved to Albuquerque because I was so used to playing in churches and playing out. Uh, there was 
there is a huge church in Albuquerque. It's the, probably the largest African-American church in Albuquerque. And I met some people there. And I said, yeah, I'm a musician in town. I'm so used to playing in church. I'm going to come to your church and I'm going to bring my horn and probably set in and, and, you know, play alongside the organist and the drummer. And, uh, and uh, the, the previous week I was invited to a small church and I went to the small church and they knew I was a musician and they said, will you, will you play? And I said, no, because the musicians were not in my mind, were not up to par. They were not stellar musicians. They didn't really play that well. So I didn't want to play there. That was the previous week. That'll bite you. In so, the so the second week mm-hmm. I go to the big church expecting to play. I'm going to play fine musicians well you know the good lord fixed it no one i mean the people were not friendly (laughs) i said the good lord fixed it where i wasn't going to play and while i was sitting in that pew in that service the good lord whispered in my ear he says remember when you were at the small church last week you wouldn't play but you're here and i'm making it where you can't play you know what i did the very next week i went back to that small church and I and it was painful. The musicians were still the musicians, but I learned my lesson. It's not. It's your attitude. It's your. It's your attitude. It's your heart. And if your heart and your attitude is not in the right place, you're not going to be successful. I love that. You know, and mm-hmm. I think, and I will attribute that my success is a lot to do. Not so much talent because there's a lot of great musicians, but my hopefully my heart and my attitude is in a place where I I love to play music. I mm-hmm. love it. I love mm-hmm. it. And, uh, and I think that's why one reason why we get the opportunity. The Rodney Block Collective is the name of your current band, right? Yeah. Talk about the four people in it or the three people in it and then your soul sister, Bijou. Oh, uh, yeah. So uh, on keyboard, we have Dre Franklin on bass guitar, Joe Crutcher. Joe Crutcher has just taking a little sabbatical uh, from the band right now, but we have a, a young man who's very, very good. His name is Deshaun Lampkin and the drummer. He's from Chicago, Jonathan Burks on drums and our vocalist uh, Bijou. She's just, oh, she's uh, so good. She is such an awesome singer. I mean, and she could say Whitney Houston as good as Whitney Houston. Can. She's, she's, so she, good. she's great. She's great. And Bijou and I, she called it to my attention this weekend that we've been working together for about 15 years. So, out of that, this iteration of the band, Bijou has been with me for the longest. She's like your sister. Yeah, she's like my. She's like my sister. Do you ever sister. sing? Uh, <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, yeah. If, if I'm, you know, if I'm feeling pretty good, because I'm not a singer, uh-huh. but it's purely people know that. Oh, Rodney must be in a good space if he's trying to sing. So, <laughs> <laughs> talk yeah. about your talent in your band and how you support the and how, and your supporting roles because I think this is endearing. You're all about they're great. They could all be alone by themselves. But yeah. but but if they get a chance to do something better, you're very supportive. Uh, yeah, yeah. I th- I think, I mean, all those musicians are, everyone, all the guys that play with me are just stellar. I mean, they're stellar. Uh, they could be on tour with someone right now. And, mm-hmm. and they do those things. They, uh, um, Andre, uh, who plays keys, uh, he was, uh, was part of the uh, the backing band for uh, a top ten, top five gospel artist that was here back New Year New Year's James Fortune. Uh, Deshaun has was playing with Tweet, who's an R and B artist, another up and coming. I loved her album. A Tweet. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, she's great. She's a great. Never uh, heard of her. I'm getting uh, old. Oh, she she's a great musician. Where our bass player was in Dallas playing for her just a few weeks ago. Uh, the drummer. Uh, Jonathan, uh, Guitar Center used to do a drum competition uh, years back. And Jonathan, our Jonathan, was made the finals twice. Wow. So he's competing against drummers from the entire nation. So you have to win the Little Rock market. And then go and, on. And then go on to the next phase and win that phase mm-hmm. and win that phase before. And they only pick the top five. Because the Guitar <laughs> Center is a national company. Yes. So, uh, so all these guys are just... Great. phenomenal and uh and if they 
get an opportunity to you know go to a bigger stage and you're proud uh, of them you're yeah happy for yeah them. that's what you do you know miles davis i'm not miles but miles davis you just think of all the musicians that cycle through his ensembles john coltrain um um uh herbie hancock wow uh, yeah uh john schofield uh all these great musicians cycle through miles's band you That's know, great. Cannonball Adderley, the late Cannonball Adderley, uh, John Coltrane probably being one of the biggest stars that cycle through Miles' band. Well, but, Herbie Hancock, my God. Yeah, yeah, Herbie Hancock's still living. You know, he's a legend. But yeah. all these guys cycle through. So uh, these guys are amazing. It speaks to that all great leaders are teachers. Well, you know, I, I, you know I, they have the talent. And, 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 and you got to support it. And you got to support it. And... Um, I want to tell everybody that um, we're li- you're listening to uh, Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy, and that I'm speaking today with the music lover and talented trumpeter, Mr. Rodney Block from Dumas, Arkansas. <laughs> this is, uh, we're, we're about to get to the end of the show. So I want to talk about the business of music. Um, you play in other countries, don't you? Haven't you played yes. in other countries? Yes. Isn't that uh, how you learned that Latin tongue you were yeah, just talking about because yeah. you were in Mexico? Yeah, well, actually Brazil. Oh, Brazil. Brazil, um, uh, Masconada, uh, one of my favorite tunes. And, and they love the uh, bossa novas and, uh, in Brazil. And it was interesting. Being in Brazil, you know, I don't speak Portuguese, but that music was the great communicator. Music is a universal language. I mean, it was a great communicator. So I've uh, uh, been to Brazil, been to the Caribbean, uh, and been to Europe. You how know? do you get, how do those kind of gigs materialize? Uh, you know, I they kind of materialize people know you or their, their one was a wedding gig, you know, and I was working with some musicians out of Memphis, but I had been working with them, you know, over the years. So I think part of his reputation, um, and this, and this lady said, we're going to get married in Brazil. Y'all come over here uh, in the Caribbean. Yeah. In, in the Caribbean. Oh, yeah. Lovely. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Bahamas actually. Ooh. Oh, that was great. Uh, there was a guy that was living here, and he um, was from Brazil, but he would come to our shows, and he says, hey, Rodney, would you do a tour in Brazil? Sure. So we were there two weeks, and uh, it was life-changing. It Was Was it? Uh, it was life-changing. What did you learn? How was it you life-changing? Know, you know, it was life-changing to me is, is even though you have these natural barriers, you have the barrier of location, you have the barrier of language, but music is really that great is a perfect language It's that great connector. And, uh, I learned that, you know, we did a, in Brazil, we did a church gig. That was probably one of the most spiritual things I ever experienced in my entire life because we kept playing. And when we would try to stop playing, it's like the spirit took over and we would start again and people would sing and clap and then you would try, it would settle down, and then it would start again. Oh, fun. So it's, uh, it was, it was life-changing in, in that moment. It's just like, wow, this is, this is a real thing. This How do you is, calm down after these great concerts? Is your adrenaline just pumping yeah. oh, so my, hard? Uh, my brain goes, you know, after a show or after a performance and you're in a good space, especially the ones where I feel like, I, man, I think I played pretty well this uh-huh. night is your brain is moving and you're kind of replaying it in your head and, and, and it's more about the experience. That's the main thing is how do you feel when you leave? And that's the main thing. And that's what we want people to, we want people to have a great experience. You know? Every time I see you, you talk about you, you get up to the mic and you end up talking about, you slip in a few positive words about gratitude and, yeah. Always encouraging words, and your wife even. I, I read where your wife says, "What makes you special?" Speaking about you, is his kind. He is kind and genuine. No matter the success, he remains warm and fun. Where does that come from? Um, you know, I think I, I think part of it comes from um, my mom and my pa. My mom is the sweetest lady in the world. She's the sweetest lady. You said you were going to tell us a story about. Oh her. man, so. So last year we started doing these series of mini concerts at different schools in the Delta. So my hometown, Dumas, Star City, Monticello, McGee, 
Lake Village Hermitage. So there's a program, it's called Sea Arts, and they bring the arts into the school. So we're one of their, um, we're part of their roster. So my mom is so sweet. And uh, if we're playing a concert that's not too far away, my mom would drive. So she would drive to Monticello. If she knows I'm going to be in Monticello, I see her walking into the auditorium. She's at Monticello High School, or she's at Star City, or she's at Lake Village. And this last week we were in my hometown. We were in Dumas, and we did two concerts. We were at the high school and the junior high. Um, we're setting up at the high school at 9 o'clock in the morning, and my keyboard player, hey, Rodney, there's your mom. So she's right there <laughs> down front. And then that afternoon she's at the concert again. She's She really is the sweetest person can we follow you on Facebook or somewhere to find yes. out where you're it's just Rodney Block on yeah, Facebook? Rodney and Block can, on Facebook. And I usually post uh, where I'm going to be for the week. So mm-hmm. uh, then they can go to Facebook. They can go to Instagram at Mo Better Block. Uh, uh, Mo Better Block. Mo Better Block. Spell that. M-O-B-E-T-T-A-B-L-O-C-K. Mo Better Mo Block. Mo Better Block. And that's like from that. that's from the Spike Lee movie, oh. Mo Better Blues. Uh-huh. Ronnie but, Block, I loved visiting with hey, you. Hey, this is great. This is, uh, you know, I and You're thank you guys for everything that you do uh, here in the city. Uh, I tell you what, it's probably at least, you know, once every six months or if not, someone is always referencing uh, uh, Dreamland. The Dreamland Ballroom. Uh, We're starting okay. our next decade of dancing into Dreamland because dancing was an integral part of those exactly. ballrooms back exactly. then during the wars yes. and yes and uh, you know yeah. people danced back yeah. then. Big band music with yeah. dancers. Yeah, people they don't do it like that, that anymore. I'll say like at least you know once or twice every six months someone references that documentary. And oh, I'm, I got to tell everybody you were in that documentary. I'm in the documentary. You That's are history. the trumpet player in that documentary, <laughs> yeah. which is called. Let me see. I wrote it down. I can't ever remember the name of my own documentary. Little Rocks West Ninth nice. Street Dreamland. Dreamland. Yeah. Little Rocks West Ninth Street. And they should make that required viewing in mm-hmm. in the school I system. I hear that all the time. They really should. Hey, listen, this is your gift for coming on the radio. Oh, An Arkansas flag and a U.S. flag for you to <laughs> put down there in Dumas, Arkansas, on your daddy's desk. Uh, You'll probably like that very uh, yeah. much. Thank, well, thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. I loved it. In closing, to our listeners, thank you for spending time with us. We hope you've heard or learned something that's been inspiring or enlightening, and that it, whatever it is, will help you up your business, your independence, or your life. I'm Carrie McCoy, and I'll see you next time on Up In Your Business. Until then, be brave and keep it up. Just a few minutes ago on this program, Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy, you heard Carrie and Rodney Block and Gray talking about dancing into dreamland. Well, the next one is almost here, and there's only a few tables left. The date for the event is February 17th, right there at Dreamland in the Taborian Hall up on the beautiful third floor. This year, dancers are going to be breaking in the brand new hardwood floors while patrons further admire the refurbished stage and the new lights and so much more that we've been working hard on getting ready for Dancing into Dreamland 2024. Construction will be halted for a few weeks up till February 17th. Get the ballroom all cleaned up and ready to go. As such, a few things like ceiling tiles and plaster repair and a lot of finishing work will come after Dancing into Dreamland, which again, the date for is February 17th. Come by, see the incredible changes to Dreamland Ballroom, and enjoy the night with all the friends at Dancing into Dreamland, February 17th. A reminder, only a few tables remain. You've been listening to Up in Your Business with Carrie McCoy. For links to resources you heard discussed on today's show, go to flagandbanner.com, select radio show, and choose today's guest. If you'd like to sponsor this show or any show, email me, Gray, G-R-A-Y, at flagandbanner.com. All interviews are recorded and posted the following week. Stay informed of exciting upcoming guests by subscribing to our YouTube channel or podcast wherever you like to listen. Carrie's goal is simple, to help you live the American dream.